Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin. We have a podcast to show where two former roommates and they were roommates. talk about a new movie every week. This week on the show, we're talking about Top Gun. I'm going to send you up against the best. Yes, sir. You two characters are going to Top Gun. I feel the need. The need for speed. Five weeks, you're going to fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You guys really are cowboys. I don't like you because you're unsafe. That's right. I am dangerous. The wild card. Flies by the seat of his pants. Yeah, I guess when I see something, I go right after it. It takes a lot more than just fancy flying. Dumb in the school is about combat. There are no points for second place. You figured it out yet? What's that? Who's the best pilot? No, I think I can figure that one out on my own. I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the Spider. Would that be your call sign, Cody? Probably. Spider. Cody Webb. Cody, how are you doing? Yeah, Spider checking in. Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a great episode. Very excited to be here. But uh, yeah, that's about it. What would your call name be? Uh, glasses? I got... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, uh, in uh in like seventh grade a, a sex ed teacher once gave me the nickname dr z you mean uh health teacher do you have a you specifically a sex ed teacher yeah yourself? she was like she was like a lady she came in for one week to talk sex ed <laughs> she was like a traveling uh teacher and uh she you know she asked for my last name and i told her and she said well that's not gonna work she's like what do you want to be and i said a doctor and she said all right well you're gonna be dr z and then uh for about a year it was kind of like a it was a it was definitely wasn't a cool thing it was uh people would say it <laughs> it sounds pretty cool to me i don't know but uh okay out of doctors i could, I could be the doctor spider. who's the pilot here hey i've i have flown a plane so <laughs> i do have more experience uh, i'm definitely flying there's no chance we've we've both uh wrecked our cars before mine was a little bit worse uh so That's true. i'm a great driver actually. I, I always tell everybody i should have been a like a, a race car driver Maybe not, you know, fighter pilot yet, but I trust I trust Big Spider behind the wheel instead of Big Z. But that's just me. Yeah, but then you got to trust me to call stuff out. And I don't know if that's any better. My eyesight. <laughs> Those are the glasses coming. In. They're not. They're not putting me behind a, a plane. <laughs> let's be real honest. This is this feels a little weird. We haven't done an episode just talking about a movie by ourselves in a while. I mean, it's been over a month. Yeah. So uh, we're a little rusty, but we're back into it. It is June. It is Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Uh, and something I wanted to do just for these June episodes is maybe recommend some LGBTQ plus movies. Uh, I'm going to start with two kind of probably pretty well-known ones uh, just to kind of get start us off on an easy note. And then maybe we can, you know, expand. I'm going to be trying to watch some more films as well just to kind of uh, expand my horizons. And I want to kind of recommend some things as we go along. But I'm going to start with two pretty well-known ones. Obviously, Moonlight. That's yeah. the that's the classic. That's the uh, probably the so most true. well-known uh, film in the genre fantastic film we've talked about it in the podcast before really does a great job of dealing with intersectionality beyond just you know the issues of a gay man but the issues of a gay black man uh in the southern united states dealing with you know the problems of being you know both those things at the same time and then on top of that another one we've talked about on the pod book smart fantastic yeah. film about two you know young <laughs> women obviously one of them being a lesbian so um, those are my two wrecks, and uh, we'll, we'll hit you with two every week of just kind of stuff to watch, and um, I'm excited to share those. 
let's get those into two, it. Those are two of my favorites as well. You, you kind of stole my racks, but well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, well, we, we went for the obvious ones first. And yeah, we'll have to dig into the bag a little bit. Why did I pick this movie? Why? 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 Top Gun. I mean, it is your pick. It was my pick. We were hoping to have a guest. Some things didn't work out scheduling wise. Um, probably have a guest next week, but I figured relevance. It's it's relevant, right? We're we're kind of just riding riding the coattail coattails of uh, Tom Cruise and his eight hundred million dollars or whatever Top Gun Maverick has made so far. So maybe we can just uh, scrape a little bit of that change out of the bottom of the barrel and and uh, get in on the Top Gun. But of course, you know, Cody, you haven't seen this movie. This is kind of a classic. I didn't want to do the whole, you know, let's review Maverick. Let's let's talk about the OG. Let's get into it. Initial thoughts. Good morning, Vietnam. I mean, Cody, this was your first time seeing the movie. I want to start with a question. Did you know that uh, Goose dies? Uh, I'll tell you what, I did not know that. And uh, it came to quite a shock. Um, but I'll talk about that a little bit later in some of the characters. But God, I could not believe they killed Goose off. I was <laughs> utter shock. But uh, yeah, like you said, this is my first time seeing it, and um, I feel like it is a bit of a, a classic. Uh, maybe that's throwing the word around a little bit too easily, but like a cultural classic more than anything else. Uh, I, I know like my mom was a massive fan of this movie, um, and I've heard the soundtrack like over and over and over again. So as everybody knows, it's everywhere. But on this first viewing, um, I wouldn't say I was underwhelmed, but you know, it's okay. It's, it's not terrible. I don't think this movie was made specifically for me, um, which is fair. And it was also made in the 80s, which was a long time ago, which is also fair. But is it, it is a lot of dumb fun, which uh, I'm a big fan of historically. Obviously, you know, Fast Five, uh, National Treasure, all that good stuff. So I, I can, I can uh, you know, grasp the dumb fun. But, you know, overall, I would say my experience was okay. I think my rating, you'll see what I mean by that. But... I mean, in general, I'm just rambling on here, but in general, I think this is clearly just military propaganda, which, um, you know, I don't have any problem with because it's pretty fucking cool to look at. <laughs> and um, as well, like, there's a lot of dudes in this movie. There's just dudes. So I respect it. Great cast. Really cool. Like, uh, the guys. Me. I mean, this is a guy's movie. That's what it's it about. Is. It's about the boys. It, it's a lot of dudes out here. But uh, overall, it is fun. I did enjoy watching it and I probably would watch it. What are your initial thoughts? You know, I, I second kind of everything you said for me, this wasn't my first time watching the film, but I did watch it for the first time like a week ago. So okay. uh, I think I've got my, I think I'm top gunned out at this point. <laughs> uh, I've seen this movie twice in, in the last couple of weeks. And then of course Maverick. Um, but I agree that it is it is kind of just average a little bit. It kind of stands in the middle. There's some really good parts. There's some kind of just eh stuff. Um, it's 80s. There, there's you know there's a lot of 80s-ness to it right there, there's a lot of guys being dudes like you said um but the soundtrack is amazing you know you get danger zone by kenny loggins which is obviously an all-time classic it's okay yeah. you know more people have heard that song than have seen this movie obviously like it, it, it's transcended it and then you know take my breath away as well is you know for, <laughs> for the love uh story in this the, the, the b story it uh is a great theme as well tom cruise terrible singer though I will say that don't don't put that dude behind the mic because it's it's evident in this film <laughs> and, and all in all it, it's it's very campy um, yep. it's like campy propaganda and uh, I have a little bit more to talk about the propaganda as we get into it but that's just kind of my initial thoughts there yeah I mean I agree it, the thing is it's it knows it's propaganda 
and it does it in like the most 80s way possible i think that it does get it passed in that sense yeah and, it, and it's kind of at a time you know post vietnam post korea like we you've got like the cold war implications that are happening obviously here um but it doesn't like go in one it does you know it never outright says hey we're fighting the russians or we're fighting anybody and the new movie does the same thing actually um and i think throughout i'm going to continue to kind of draw some comparisons between the two as we point things out um but there's a very clear like the migs are assumed to be some sort of russian owned you know whether it's whether it's the soviets or or some part of the ussr specific you know one of the outlying countries that is no longer russia today um Yugoslavia. I don't know. It, it's very in the middle, right? Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, yeah, you know, going it tries forward, not to offend too many people. I think is is what it does. Oh yeah, other than Soviets, but uh, who cares about them? <laughs> right, right. But uh, yeah, going forward, you know, I don't want any you know Top Gun Maverick spoilers as well. I haven't seen it. Evidently, it's the greatest film of all time. Um, you know, I don't even know who Miles Teller's play. So you know, don't spoil that for me either. But you don't uh, know who Miles Teller plays? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Obviously, it's a it's goose's kid Goose's the, son, yeah. yeah yeah but uh i will not spoil the movie but i will share some kind of you know things that i think maybe it does better and why i think it's more successful as we go through right. sounds good <laughs> but, yeah i mean i agree it's kind of just mid mid-tier stuff here but i'm sure we'll get into it a lot more it's very understandable why it kind of is a classic and and why yeah. it kind of stands out obviously the big a huge part of that is tom cruise at its center and it's a huge part of the, the new movie as well mm-hmm. um at the time, this kind of launched his career a little bit, but you know, looking back, you know, now he's he's one of the last true movie stars that we have. Um, so it's kind of cool to see his beginning. Let's move over to roll credits. Roll credits, Cody. What do you got for this? If yeah, roll credits this week, I did want to shout out the title. This is a, I think top tier title quality. If I'm being honest, um, super simple, super relatable, very iconic. Top Gun. I mean. It doesn't get much more badass than that, I don't think. Um, but it doesn't really make sense. Uh, just kind of because, I guess, if you're the top plane or whatever, you have the what you would call the top gun. Is that even what that well, means? Well, if you remember, the, the movie opens with this black screen with white text over it. I did read that. Yeah, so on March 3rd, 1969, the United States Navy established an elite school for the top 1% of its pilots. The purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure the handful of men who graduated were the best fighter pilots in the world. They succeeded. Today, the Navy calls it blank. The the Flyers call it Top Gun. Now, I don't want to reveal what they call it because that might be a trivia question later on. But What does the Navy call it? It's it's my trivia later. I'm not going to get that right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, since you're not going to get it and I have other questions, we'll say uh, today the Navy calls it Fighter Weapons School. The Flyers call it Top Gun. No. Uh, so, it's, I mean, it's the name of the school they're at. This essentially is why it's Top named. Gun is a very much cooler name than whatever you just said there. So, fair enough. But yeah, I, I think the title's great. And uh, I think it's one of the reasons it's it's like stood the test of time, like in I, iconicness, that's the word. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had. The opening is. Is super interesting, obviously, with the, the Kenny Loggins rolling with, with the B-roll footage. And Yeah, uh, they, they do something that you don't really see now because I guess maybe it's an attention span thing a little bit with modern movie audiences, but you don't get a big, like, opening title, like, law, okay, we're just going to play a song and you're going to see these fighter jets take off and we're going we're gonna to show you who who made this movie in a very slow and deliberate way. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool. It's a, it's a beautiful shot that you have the sun and the, I like it. Honestly. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It, it drones on a little bit and, and there's a reason why it doesn't happen a ton. Um, I thought the ending was cool too, as well. Cause you get the, 
again, probably the very 80s thing. It's like, we're going to show you all the cast with their faces and then their that. call sign and then their yeah. name. And it's like, it, yeah, it's, it's fun, um, but it, it's very 80s and very campy. And it's like, of course, this is how we're going to do the closing credits. Yeah, I, I love that shit, though. I mean, we talked about it in The Martian. Um, they do something similar, and I'm a massive fan. But also, I forgot to mention in opening initial thoughts, dude, the call signs are so cool. I, I don't know why, but usually when I watch a movie, I can't even remember half the characters' names. I know basically everyone's call sign in this movie. So props to whoever came up with those. Well, but... we'll, we'll test that uh, when we get to <laughs> I talked too early. I should have said stuff. Anything else for roll credits, Cody? Uh, that's all I had. All right, let's move on to the stupidest part. You stupid. I'll get us started for us. Go for it. Going back to the propaganda thing. I think that's <laughs> that's something you can kind of identify as a stupid part. And it's important to realize that when you have movies like this, or really any movie that uses American military equipment, resources, whether it's people, boats, planes, <laughs> the military then has a little bit of say in how they are portrayed in the film. So it's just a fact that the, the army, the Navy, the Navy in this case would never be like, Oh yeah, we're going to give you a, a battleship and a ton of planes. And while you're still playing, an them, aircraft carrier, like, yeah. we're not going to give you an, an aircraft carrier. If this is something that doesn't make us at least look somewhat good. And yeah. it did make them look, look good. The, the Navy increased their, the number of people that were joining after this movie came out. It, it is a little bit of propaganda. And the, the, the fact is when you see a Marvel movie today, it's the same thing. Like, there's not a fleet of private military equipment that is just available for Hollywood to use. When Hollywood shoots with military equipment, it is from the real active military. It, you know, it's obviously not on site in these areas, but you know, it's, it's their equipment and they do have a little bit of, you know, creative yes, no in these cases. So it's important when you see, you know, I thought a lot about, and there's a lot of talk of it in, you know, Captain America or sorry, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier in that mm-hmm. show. And like in the beginning of it, it's like, you know, this is a little bit of military propaganda here. It's like, that's kind of what the first episode was a little bit. He's like, oh, he's just serving with the military. Yeah. Um, and from a personal political standpoint, I, I don't necessarily love that. But, you know, like you said, it is sick. So, <laughs> you know, if you get a good story out of it and, you know, then I guess maybe I'm okay. I do want to point out the production. Did we get paid- a good story? But, okay. Well, with the new one, we get a new story. Oh, okay. uh, the production paid the military $1.8 million. This included the use of the real pilots, and those pilots cost $7,600 an hour to have them flying around, um, which is crazy. And that's obviously $1.8 million in 1986. Yeah, fair enough. They they went town on the budget. But uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Excuse me. Obviously, it's just massive Navy propaganda. You know, glad it worked out for them, I guess. But it is what it is. But uh, yeah, your mention of it gave us a good story gave me a little bit of a chuckle because there, there's a lot of uh, things I got issues with. First off, I, I did want to throw it back to uh, your initial question about my boy Goose. I'll tell you what, man, this was an absolute shock. Uh, Goose was by far my favorite character throughout the movie. He's the best. And then he just dies, which sucks because, you know, he's got a wife, he's got a kid, whatever. My dumb part related to that is like five minutes after Tom Cruise is just you know chilling in the bathroom thinking about his boy Goose, and uh, Viper just comes in. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Goose is dead, and Tom Cruise is like, I know. He's like, you gotta let go of him. 
died. <laughs> he died like a half hour ago. Well, I guess there's maybe the assumption that like he's waiting at a hospital and like sure. there's a chance he thinks and then, like he comes that? in. Why yeah. Well, he's at the okay. He's at the Naval Academy and they they have probably an infirmary on site. They're taking care of him. Goose has passed away. Like, you know, it's not confirmed up until that point. I I, I don't know. <laughs> They're leave it open. Stupid. Hey, Stupid. think about this. Think about how many times. If it's not confirmed, you never know. Somebody could be still alive. You you got to hold out hope. I wish it wasn't confirmed. So then Goose could come back for the sequel. But tough stuff. I do have a couple other plot points I did want to touch on. Uh, first off, just, you know, the PG-13 sexual chemistry, I thought was a very strange choice. Um, it's kind of they quite, just, a, like, quite a sex scene. Yeah, the sex scene, you know, interesting how they shot it and everything. But uh, I was not a big fan. Anyways, basically, they just like keep staring at each other. <laughs> and then they they like get a little bit closer, a little bit closer. Then Tom Cruise just runs away. So <laughs> <you know, laughs> I don't know. Uh, if that move like works in real life, maybe I should try that. But uh, it is Tom Cruise, but I don't think I'm gonna be stealing his moves from this movie. Yeah, I I think the romance as a whole is a bit contrived, and obviously you, they you have to have it, right? Like, what's the beat? That's that that's what they do, right? It's and it's an '80s movie about the military. He's got to have the you know beautiful one, young woman by his side. There's a particular sequence in their relationship that you're kind of talking about, where he like runs away and then like comes up. So there's the there's they're there at the house and they have the discussion and the lunch or whatever. Um, and then there's the elevator scene, which is obviously great scene. Very interesting. <laughs> um, and then right after that, which is like the elevator scene makes it seem like they're okay. And then right after that, they get like she's basically calling him out in training, and then he like run is all pissed off and then she like chases after him and i just didn't want anyone to know i was falling for you and then so you bad. then get the ridiculous sex scene right after that um it, it i don't love that sequence i will say the elevator scene does make it better as a whole and, and an interesting fact is that they did shoot that later in post so when they had put the movie together they didn't have that originally and the reason she's wearing that like cap is because her hair was a different color and, and tom cruise's hair is a little bit longer even in the scene so they felt that they needed to add it it's it's a uh, interesting oh, scene but yeah it was probably know, needed not a great scene either way but it was, it was probably necessary and um i did want to throw it back as well to their first interaction at at the uh the bar that was a little stalkerish of a <laughs> dude f- hey following women into bathrooms is not we don't we do not uh don't recommend that support that <laughs> So Tommy Boy, he's got his uh, interesting moves. But yeah, I didn't even notice. I noticed the hat, obviously, which is different. But that really makes a lot of sense that that was like uh, a reshoot. So that's funny. I would say that seems definitely necessary. Because if not, you're just going from like her house. They're being completely split up. To to... Them, like being in love. So yeah. obviously, that's it's pretty quick to, you know, be like, oh, I'm falling for you after like, you know, a week or whatever. But, you know, movies. Um. And I did have one other thing too. Uh, you you said that uh, the the love story was the B plot. I don't even know if that's true. The B plot is uh, who's his dad? What did his dad do? You know, that's the big mystery of the movie. <laughs> Why is this? I'm gonna be the honest. Movie? The first time I watched it, I like completely ignored that part. I yeah. had totally forgotten that was even there. I I don't think that's the A plot. I mean, I guess maybe the love story. It, it's a little confusing because they they give equal time to everything. But I think you know him 
top gun like you know is he gonna finish first is he gonna graduate oh there's the big fight at the end you know his battle with iceman that's the main story i'm saying the his dad was the b oh you're saying c is then love (laughs) (laughs) it's close i think it's very close there is a lot of just him wondering about his dad and a lot of just talk about his dad and 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 then you get the the random answer at the end yeah it doesn't even really get resolved it it takes like a 30 second like just little throwaway line from viper it's like, oh, we were on the wrong side of a map. So that's why nobody talks about it. Sick, dude. I just wasted my, you know, entire night wondering what's going on with his dad just to, to have that thrown at me. So and it, I was kind of pissed about that. Moving into the Top Gun Maverick at all, and this is not a spoiler to say this, clearly this is going to be, you know, a story about mentorship and and maybe fatherhood and, and supposed fatherhood and who is your dad and that kind of stuff. Okay. That really doesn't his father, Tom Cruise's father and his daddy issues have no relevance to the plot no. of the next film. Um there's yeah. there's no connection whatsoever. You you would think maybe there would be. It's like, hey, I I struggled with my dad being in the military and it not relevant whatsoever. His personal struggles, which That's funny that they dropped that. Yeah. <laughs> they forgot about it too. <laughs> yeah. The volleyball scene is the volleyball scene, you know. Um, you <laughs> the what? I thought you were going to say that's your best scene. No, 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 no. Um, it's a fun scene to shoot. They burnt an entire day filming it. Uh, they like the studio was not happy about it. They almost wanted to fire uh, Tony Scott. Um, the scene itself in the script is like a paragraph long, and they spent like this whole day shooting it. They shot it like a real game where they were playing against each other, like a commercial. It is, it is well shot. It's a cool scene. It's to show like the competitive nature, but. Let, let's be honest we're just trying to see some some dude bods i mean it, it's it's for the ladies right actually it's for the men if we're being honest it, it's for the men for the boys but i mean <laughs> yeah that, that's the most like clear uh scene in the movie is like okay who is this movie aimed at clearly clearly from that scene i think you can tell but yeah no, i mean it's it's a good scene i was i was having a, a good time watching it so can't complain tommy boy's got some hops but and it's in the trailer. I won't get into specifics. Obviously, there is some sort. You know, you get a little football bit of this scene, in the new one too. I mean, football. Yeah, yeah. You I'm get football. It. I haven't even seen it. Miles. Yeah. Te- I mean, Miles Teller. Evidently, he's a, he's a good looking guy. All of a sudden, I didn't realize. TikTok that. loves him, and uh, it is mainly because of this this scene, which is obviously a callback to the volleyball scene. So, a kid from uh, what's that party movie? Miles Teller has been so much. Project X, where he plays yeah, Miles X. Teller. Yeah, I love Miles Teller, but. Whiplash, good movie, but uh, yeah, yeah he's he's, a, he's actually in a lot of War Dogs. I think is actually really underrated. Yeah. Um, I like that movie. It's a fun he's one. Not, so, Anna De Armas didn't know English. But she yeah, didn't did not know English, and she just memorized the lines. That's how she learned English. Very great story. Cool. War Dogs, fun one. Check it out on Netflix. You got any other stupid parts? I don't. I feel like we covered pretty much the entire movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did it right. There, there, there's some nitpicky lines here, there. Uh, Oh, you the diet's bad, but yeah. <laughs> they're there, and Maverick looks at Goose and he goes, I'm just wondering who's the best. And then the guy goes, You're probably wondering who's the best. <laughs> you know, the, the classic stuff like that. Um, they graduate, and then 24 hours later is the big battle <laughs> that they have to. I mean, they're they're after it. Um, don't be too hard tonight, boys. We got a also, battle in the morning. I, I'm not an expert in foreign relations by any means, but I would imagine that some sort of direct altercation where we shoot down multiple planes i i don't know you would think that would cause greater ramifications in the greater you know scheme of the cold war obviously at the time it wasn't you know at the hottest it had been or or you know the soviet union was running out of money so maybe you know 
it's maybe believable, but I, I feel like there would be a bigger backlash if we were just, you know, shooting down planes. Yeah. I mean, they shot at us first. That was always the big thing. Yeah, yeah. I guess they, they were in our area, but it's still the fact that it's just like, Oh, everything's fine after this, you know, you never, again, I don't know how this actually would have happened. So to me, wait, this wasn't based on a true story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maverick goose rip. Rip goose. Favorite scene. Cody, why don't you get a start? What's your favorite scene? I mean, the yeah. elevator scene is obviously great, but I got a couple. Of course, the elevator scene is my first pick. Um, yeah, I mean, the opening uh, against the Migs, the closing against the Migs, pretty fun. Like good scenes. That's that's the dumb fun that I did like a lot from this movie is uh, the plane, you know, action set pieces. I think they're pretty well shot, pretty well choreographed. So I was a fan. I like seeing you know planes blow up. So that was good. Um, and then as well. I like the my my funny part, my funny pick here. Uh the first flyby um of Tom Cruise when he when that uh, when that one guy spills his coffee everywhere. Big fan of that scene. Got a got a laugh out of me there. The second time, not as big of a laugh. Uh, you know, doing the same joke twice, not always great. But the first one was actually pretty funny. So I want to shout f- that one out too. The fact that the guy didn't catch on the second time, he still yeah. spilled his coffee. That's <laughs> He requested a flyby. What do you think he's gonna do? <laughs> Negative Ghost Rider. <laughs> Obviously, you, Goose's death. Think? Obviously, Goose's That's death. That's your favorite is very, scene. Is, is sad, but it is it is emotional. It does have some emotional weight. Uh, the Great Balls of Fire scene is fun. Yeah. Um, there is another callback again in in Top Gun Maverick in some way. It's referenced at least, right? And it is they a fun scene. Great Balls of Fire, probably. Yeah. Hey, Miles well. Teller. <laughs> and then uh well i mean that is miles teller sitting right there in that scene if you think about it little baby miles um and then i think like you said the final battle but i think the moment specifically when he's like talk to me goose which is obviously a mirroring of what he says earlier in the film that that, that beginning fight you know talk to me goose mm-hmm. um and it holds more weight because he's dead this time. And it's a, it's a spiritual talk to me, you know, guide me in this moment. And I, I do think it for a movie that like, doesn't so say cheesy, a lot man. and doesn't is so cheesy and doesn't have a lot of emotion. It's like the, the closest hint of, of good emotion. So. Fair enough. You were definitely bawling your eyes out. during that one. <laughs> <laughs> facts. That is facts too. Let's talk filmmaking. We are full sail university. We take dreams seriously. Cody, do you do you have anything to say about this filmmaking? I mean, I, I did have a, a couple of little things. First off, we we uh, mentioned the soundtrack, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit again. It, it's a little bit repetitive. Um, we do we do hear these songs yeah, three four how, times. How many times in a row? Because we had like what four scenes in a row with uh, McGillis and Cruz and you get the little undertone to take my breath away and then it kicks in and sexy obviously. But I thought that was an interesting choice. And then I love the opening with, um, and it's the closing too, isn't it? Highway to the danger zone. So the music, music, I think is a, a pretty big part of this, but um, the other thing I did want to mention as well, well you know, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, in modern superhero films, there's like scores that are made obviously. And, and superheroes have themes like, if I played you the Avengers theme, you would know it. If I played you the Darth Vader Imperial March, you would know it. Even the new Batman, you know, Michael Giacchino. And it's almost like these like songs that were not 
you know necessarily composed in the same way. they are the theme songs for these characters right like danger zone is the theme song for this movie uh take your breath away is the theme song for their relationship and it's like this continuous yeah. motif that comes up and it's it's really interesting to see it used that way i think it's probably a very 80s thing um it, it still comes up the way music is used in movies is always always interesting though yeah it's it's kind of like um what's it called in in plays when they what is the overture is that what they call it when they play like uh just you know hints of the theme mm, i do know what you're talking about but uh <laughs> the word what's it, what's it called look it up but hey they, they do that it, it's like uh the first like five or ten minutes in the movie they just they play a little bit of the overtures whatever you call it yeah i found uh, a late motif is a short reoccurring musical phrase associated with a particular person not not quite the same thing but i do know what you're talking about it's kind of like that you get a little bit of it and it kind of primes you a little bit of like you're prepared for it and you recognize it and then when it comes back later it, it means a lot more and it's it's really interesting to see you, they kind of do that with this the beginning of this movie you get the whole thing, but yeah. still, it primes you for when it comes back later. I would say the and it, it, my other thing I want to mention, you probably saw this as well, but um, the shot of where Tom Cruise is taking the picture of the plane, supposedly, like right underneath him, it's clearly like not even close to each other. It's the optical illusion thing where like one's close to the camera and one's behind where you do it like you're holding the leaning tower of peas or whatever. Did you notice that or no? It doesn't look it, great. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it, I wasn't sure if it was that or I mean it, that's also very something that would not be the hardest thing to do to just stitch to like you could yeah. literally take I mean this was shot on film today you rotoscope people and you put people on a green screen and you, you mask out a background in the past what they would literally do is they would take the film and they could they could cut it or they could mask it and even in front of the lens by you know I'm going to cover this part and then the next time I'm going to shoot it I'm going to cover this part there's a lot of different ways to do it um, same thing you could literally just stitch two frames together obviously in modern days it would be a lot easier to do something like that but force perspective um, i'm sure was also used throughout to kind of you know oh, yeah. make things seem like they were more dangerous than they were well they were in, they were pretty dangerous evidently because they ripped gears but uh, yeah so i think the <laughs> well i mean in like, terms of shooting it like i know they, were, they didn't want to kill people <laughs> how dare they not risk the lives of our military people you know i will say goose kind of went out a sucky way man he just like hit the canopy like that's a tough i mean yeah he he, it's kind of a a a terrible way to go out you spin out when it's not even your fault and then i mean what was the cause of death probably just blunt force trauma so not great not great at all absolutely not i wanted to talk a little bit more about how they shot it so i did some research Mm -hmm. um they had these a6 intruders that they were shooting on and they had four different camera positions so they had uh particularly grumman aircraft co developed these camera mounts they could stick on the plane so there's the one in the cop- cockpit looking forward over the shoulder of the pilot um so you can kind of see like the ots shot um yep. there's the second under the belly of the plane the third you could put on either the the wings looking forward which you get and then the other is just high on the tail looking down on the fuselage um so you can kind of just like see the people in it um, there's obviously also the shots directly in the cockpit. The scenes are exciting with the planes. I will say it was definitely tough. You know, they didn't have as much access to CG technology as they do now. Sometimes you could lose what was happening. Sometimes it was hard to follow exactly what was happening. And it's something I think the new film does a lot better of, whether it's, you know, with special imagery and, and CGI generated graphics and um, stuff back in the command say, so we're specifically like doing a better job of just keeping things in space and keeping you aware of them 
Um, it's a hard thing to do. It takes a ton of planning. I mean, even the minimal stuff they did, they had to, you know, think exactly this is where the planes are going to go and and plan it out because you're you're wasting money if you don't get it exactly right. Yeah. No, and especially for the the fire pilot jets. I mean, the gas and those things, especially nowadays, uh, can't be cheap. So, yeah, that's definitely a good point. And then I had a fun little anecdote. In order, there was to shoot that beginning scene where the sun is kind of setting and backlighting them, mm-hmm. the aircraft carrier moved in the wrong direction and the light was all wrong. Oh, and really? Tony Scott was like, hey, can we like get it back on course? The captain told him it would cost $25,000 to turn the ship around and put it back <laughs> the way he wanted. Um, so then it, in, a, in a DVD interview, Scott said he just wrote him a check there. Uh, I think I read somewhere that it bounced really? later, but um, he, he he needed to get the shot. So he, he put his own money out there on the wall. Wow. I would have figured he just said, fuck it. But that's funny. I actually wrote him a check. Tough. Let's uh, throw it over to weird movie details trivia. Naked grandma. Naked, huh? So obviously I already kind of spoiled my first question. It was just going to be, what's the Navy's official name for Top Gun? Fighter weapons school is the answer. I didn't have choices because I thought maybe you'd get it, but. No chance. Guess not. I still have two others. Okay. Uh, I, I have two as well. You can okay. you can take it off. All right, sure. I'm just gonna list you a bunch of call signs. You have mm-hmm. to tell me which two were not in this movie. This shouldn't be hard. I think you can yeah, do this. I got this. Cougar, Merlin, Maverick, Goose, Hollywood, Cyclone, Iceman, Viper, Slider, Charlie, Jester, Hangman, Sundown. Wolfman. Jesus Christ, you threw out a lot of names there. Okay, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna need a some a, a repeat there. I believe that Cyclone is one. So just start after Cyclone because I think the rest of them were legit. Iceman, Viper, Slider, Charlie, Jester, Hangman, Sundown, Wolfman. Okay, Charlie, Hangman, Sundown, and Cyclone. I feel like Charlie maybe was one. I think that is one. Charlie Hangman, that sounds legit. What was the other one I said? Hangman, Cyclone. What was the last one? I'll just read them all. Iceman, Viper, Slider, Charlie, Jester, Hangman, Sundown, Wolfman. Sundown. What the fuck is that? Okay, I think Hangman's one. So I'm going to go Sundown and Cyclone. Hangman and Cyclone, unfortunately. Yeah. Fucking, uh, who the hell sundown, is sundown? sundown, I believe, is the black guy. Oh. Uh, he was in it for like two minutes. Yeah. And then, you know, it's weird. Merlin is uh, that's, uh, Tim yeah, Robbins. I think. Yeah, yeah, Tim which Robbins. Which is, he's like, he's barely in the movie, but he's there. He's there for five minutes too. Yeah. <laughs> he shows up at the end. Well, I, I didn't think he's technically in the beginning and then he like, he's there yeah. at the end as well. Well, because I saw him in the, he's in like the billing credits. He's, he's yeah. Like, well, like, if you look on IMDb, he says it's the second bill, but there's no way. No chance. Because <laughs> he's not in it. He's barely in the movie, and also, like, he, it's not like he was a huge name necessarily to, like, you know, sometimes yeah. you have a supporting actor, like, to, you know, I, Robert Downey Jr. is barely in Homecoming, and he's the highest billed person, but that's obviously not the case here. I, I don't think Tim Robbins was that big in the 80s, was he? No, I don't. I mean, this is pre-Shawshank, and even Shawshank wasn't really, I mean, Tim Robbins has never he's been. not big, really, yeah. No, I mean, the player. Yeah. What else? Like, uh, I mean, you know him, because Shawshank, uh, but. Like that Mystic a, River movie in the 2000s. Yeah, he's, he's never had a huge career. Yeah, so. It's true. I'm a fan, though. No, yeah, he's great. Cody, <laughs> what's your question? So I went extremely lazy on uh, Weird Movie Trade this week. So That's fine. 
Shout out. Shout I need out a myself. win. You're not going to get it. But anyways, my first question is, and there's no choices, how tall is Tommy Cruz? Give me his exact height. I would say five. Five eight. Five eight. Yeah. Uh, that is incorrect. But you're very close. I feel like we should give it to you. Anyways. Five nine, five, five seven. It's five seven. It's five yeah. seven. So I'll, I'll give you a courtesy point there. Cause that's appreciate it. Tommy yeah. though, short guy. Short very guy. Short. And historically, you know, apple boxes are something that are used often in cinema for various amounts of reasons. They you know hold put stuff on him you know but put people on him and tom cruise has stood on a lot of apple boxes in his career because let's be honest when you get two shots of people side by side you don't want your hero to be the shortest person in the frame uh so mission impossible you know top gun well, he, he, he you don't he doesn't look like he's five seven in comparison to everyone else Shout especially when you have like anthony edwards right now, but the thing is again top gun maverick miles teller towers over him in this movie uh, really? Mosteller's like six three, maybe he's tall, um, and they do they don't make you know light of it the the difference in height. There, it's it's definitely something that they use. Um, so I think oh. that's that's cool. That is cool. I like that. But um, yeah, shout out our short kings. I mean, this is some major slander from shout out Vano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, what, what's your second question? All right, this is uh, there's no choices, so. But I can okay. give you a hint, potentially. Sure. In the beginning of the movie, Stinger says, with a history of high-speed passes over five air control towers and one admiral's daughter, mm-hmm. Goose turns to Maverick and says her name. What's her name? Uh, it's Jennifer to give Conley. you a hint, yeah, it's Jennifer <laughs> Conley. Uh, what's her name? Patty something? Uh, someone with a P, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is it, Patty? Think more m- money. Mm. I feel like that's not a good hit. Uh, Penny. It's a great hit. Yeah, there you go. Oh. <laughs> Penny's and not. It, uh, what's the admiral's last name? Uh, I'm probably not going to get this. Thing. <laughs> National treasure. Uh, Declaration of Independence. Ben Gates. <laughs> uh, Penny Gates. <laughs> Penny Franklin. Other one. <laughs> Try again. Keep going. Penny- Ben, Penny Benjamin, Declan. Penny Benjamin. I said Benjamin. I said Penny Benjamin. Did I not? No, you said yes, Penny I Gates. Did. Roll the tape. I said it right after Gates. <laughs> uh, Penny Gates. <laughs> Penny Franklin. <laughs> oh no, I said Franklin. <laughs> yeah, you said Franklin. Ben, I said Penny Ben. All right, that counts too. This this weird movie trivia is shocked. <laughs> what do you got for me? Hit me with the last one. My last question. Oh, also, by the way, I forgot to mention Cyclone is John Hamm in Top Gun Maverick. And Hangman. John Hamm's in Top Gun Maverick? Wow, that's your first boy you just gave me, dude. Oh. <laughs> He's not, he doesn't play a secret character. <laughs> He's in the trailer. <laughs> um, he literally plays, I mean, the same character he plays in everything. He's a dude in a suit, like well, he's just well, in the yeah. military instead of the FBI. John Hamm is Cyclone, and then Glenn Powell. Do you know he's in the movie, too? Who's Glenn Powell? The guy from Sunny? No, that's Glenn Howerton. <laughs> you would recognize Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell's Hangman. Uh, all I'm saying is I didn't come oh. up with these other names. I stole them from the new movie. Gotcha. Okay. That's respectful, at least. Uh, yeah, my second question. It's a two-parter here, and it's really just to prove a point. 
But um, second question, no options again. How tall is a uh, normal and, uh, you know, like specific rules? How tall is a volleyball net? Women's or men's? I would like to show you. This is Glenn Powell. He was in The Man. Dark Knight Rises. Oh, uh, he's in Top Gun, too. He's cool. he, 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 this guy. I do. Look know. At him. Obviously, he's Top Gun. Look at this guy. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Men's yeah, or women's I'm- height? Or are you talking about sand volleyball now? We're going men's here. We're going men's. We do have some, we do have some dudes playing volleyball. No choices? You're not going to give me choices? Ah, uh, fuck it. <laughs> well, here's what I can say. I'm a volleyball guy. You know, I managed my high school volleyball team. I, you know, I was a volleyball official at the Co-Rec for many years. This is true. Um, it's not an even number is the thing that makes this hard. Well, it's not like I, just I nine feet. Up. I rounded up. Okay, then nine feet. No, it's eight feet. Well, Okay. <laughs> What is it? Eight, well, eight I mean, feet, technic- three inches, and no, technically it's like seven feet, eleven inches, and three quarters, or something stupid. Not a men's volleyball net. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, this is lazy <laughs> trivia, bro. This is not the point. Maybe wrong. a women's, but a men's. You think a men's volleyball net is? <laughs> I just what? googled how tall the normal. Volleyball. This does say seven feet, eleven inches. So maybe you're right. I that doesn't seem right to me, but they're fraction at the end or no? Yeah, five eighths. Oh, five eighths. Okay, I was off. Okay, and then uh, women's is seven and four and one eighths. Okay, so you weren't close anyway. But so uh, there you go. I was wrong. Yeah. So basically, the point is that makes sense. It's not a Tom basketball Cruz goal. That's why it's ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise is five seven. A volleyball at eight feet. You're telling me this guy's got like a two and a half inch vert. I mean, two and a half foot vert. Whatever. Not inch. I will yeah. say, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. That's my yeah. Opinion. Sand nets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. He's doing his thing. Stunt doubles all day. Go back and look at that scene. Crazy stunt doubles out there. Tommy boy, you're not getting up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Goose is, though. Goose is going up and putting up a ball. That's 100% you know that. Goose. Yeah, that needs a dog. We'll uh, take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. And we're back. Who can act? Wow. Cody, take it away. Yeah, I got a couple people here. Actually, a decent amount of actors in this movie who I, I do like. So, first off. My favorite character, I already mentioned it, I believe. Oh, no, other than Goose. Uh, well, fuck it. We'll start with you. Anthony Edwards Jr., baller in this movie. I think a very good performance as well. Because, I mean, it did actually hit me emotionally when this guy went down. So props to him in, in Top Gun. But uh, my second pick, who I – they're probably equal. Uh, who's my favorite? Tom Skerritt is Viper. Um, I'll tell you what, he doesn't have the best dialogue. He, he's not given the best to work with. But – I don't know why, but I, I love this guy in this movie. I think maybe it's just because most of the scenes he's he's acting against Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise is absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> so that might be it. But I love the mustache. He, he's got that badass vibes where he's like, yeah, this guy's a nasty pilot and he knows what he's talking about. Um, and then I'm trying to go through all three of them. So I'm doing it anyways. Uh, Meg Ryan as uh, Goose's wife. I thought they had great chemistry. Maybe should have been the leads. And, Incredibly uh, underutilized in this movie. Oh, yeah. Dude, Meg Ryan is a phenomenal actress, I would say, uh, especially in like this kind of role, like romantic stuff. I think she's very good. But uh, yeah, I thought she was great. You know, she didn't have the best dialogue at, uh, either, but I think her and her and Scarrett both worked around it. And actually, you know, put in pretty good performances for Top Gun. You know, I back it. Anthony Edwards was my number one. I think the comedic timing is just impeccable. Some of that goes down to editing, but it's, it's also just natural talent being able to put it out there. And he's got amazing charisma as goose, you know, from the very first moment you meet these two characters, it's kind of like 
you're forced to like Tom Cruise in the character of Maverick a little bit because you like Goose so much. And it's like, if Goose likes this dude and is there for him, like there <laughs> must be some quality that we can attach ourselves to other than just, he's the hero. <laughs> and it, and it, it's like that, you know, people say like golden retriever energy. It's a little bit of that. I, I think yeah. Goose has some golden retriever energy and, and it's not a bad thing at all. My second one, which is someone we have not talked about at all. Uh, Val Kilmer, yeah. uh, you know, he's had an interesting career. He plays Iceman and he's cool as ice in this movie. I mean, listen, he's not doing a lot, but he's like straight lace, dead eye. You don't mess with this dude. He's a badass. And, and I, he's, he's awesome. He's a, he's a good villain. You know, he's not too evil. He, he's just there. He's, he's just a little cocky. I agree. Uh, I didn't have a Val on my list, but he's definitely in that middle tier, I think, of, uh, you know, still having a good performance, I would say. Uh, he's he's just got a very punchful face i think which works well in this movie he makes that stupid little smile and it's like yeah this guy's an asshole but i mean he does have like some character development too which in villains in these kind of movies you don't really see that much so i thought that was cool as well yeah and it's interesting i don't remember he didn't want to do this movie and contractually he was like obligated to so he just ended up being yeah. in it but i think it's probably like one of other than maybe like batman it's it's one of his most well-known characters so um you know, I guess he, he lucked out that they forced yeah. him. <laughs> I think he has a, like a really good documentary on, on who a 24, a 24 documentary Val. Yeah. Um, talking about how he's after this, throat cancer. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it's really good. But yeah. Who can't act? That's my I really only have one person's name written down. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we've kind of, ra- I, I've raved about him a lot this episode about being a movie star and he carries this movie. But let's be honest. Tom Cruise's acting is not very good in this. Yeah. Um, he's there's something about tom cruise i don't know like i just don't buy it like the douchey like can't like his smile is just like fake every time i see it he he's just putting on this act that i don't believe it's anything real at all and he just doesn't fit the the role for me i I don't know what it is i agree i think him like being this ultra tough guy for this time in tom's career i think it doesn't work at all and i think he's kind of lost into he's got to be the most menacing guy right now um Hmm. i think he's overacting a little bit which definitely hurts him and um i'll tell you he has like become a pretty decent actor i would say that's the thing i think it's like him taking this role even though he didn't you know execute it in the best way it it shaped his career it set him in a direction and he's he's molded himself to pull this off and he is one of the better parts about this new top gun maverick movie He, he is genuinely good in it yeah, and that's not surprising at all because it's Tom Cruise. I mean, it, this has got to be his worst performance that I've seen because <laughs> it's just bad. It, it's just noticeably like, okay, uh, this guy does not like know what he's doing acting-wise, I don't think, which is tough. But I also wanted to shout out Kelly McGillis because I think she's equally as bad in this movie. Um, again, dialogue, whatever. But their whole chemistry, I don't buy that at all, which is another massive thing for Tom too. So, you know, can't really buy his character, can't really buy his, you know, the massive relationship. I think that's that's over two from Tommy there. Let's throw it over to the recast. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. And funny enough, you know, you met, I, I didn't say she was my can act, mm-hmm. uh, but Charlie does need to be replaced. Kelly McGinnis. Oh, and that's her, her call name. That makes Charlie, sense. yeah. Charlie is a call sign. And I'm going to go Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, if you think of, I mean, big, huge stars in the eighties, nineties, like she's probably one of the biggest. Um, And I think we get a little fun romance. You know, you still get that like very attractive young woman thing. 
Um, Michelle Franker's great. She's a legit actress. And, you know, I don't know. I completely agree. That's a good pick. Catwoman. Michelle Franker, great. But um, it's true. I guess we get the whole, the Batman. I mean, it's not, yeah. not the same Bat one, right? Cat. But <laughs> Batman the Cat. But uh, yeah, so my thought process here was kind of a strange one. I wanted to replace the duo of Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis because I think they're, even if you'd swap one, one of them in and one of them out, it's still going to be terrible. So, and I kind of went like more 90s themed than 80s themed here. So my first one, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. I would have really liked seeing that. And then my second one is Bruce Willis and Uma Thurman, um, which I like a lot. Uh, <laughs> I don't love that one. I don't know. Bruce Willis trying in the 90s and like Pulp Fiction, Uma Thurman. No, that like, I mean, I can see the military thing at all really well. I just don't know if he gives pilot energy. Um, I kind of have a, you know, a, a interesting maybe what if, you know, Tony Scott, the director of this film, mm-hmm. he's Ridley Scott's brother. Did you know that? I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> so what if, I mean, what if we just, you know, gave it to the better brother? What if we said, Ridley Scott, you're a great director. <laughs> Why don't you direct this movie instead? I would like to see that. Um, are we going like sci-fi here or, or what's going on? He doesn't. Ridley Scott does not. <laughs> just like the same know. tone, just Ridley Scott? <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, exactly. You know, I think we could have a little bit more fun with it in a Ridley Scott way that, I don't know. I, I think the action would have been shot better, in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. I trust probably that a little bit more. You know, it's funny that, you know, Tom Cruise worked on a movie with Ridley Scott and that's the whole reason he even got this role. He he, he told he's like hey you should told his brother to go check out tom cruise for this role in top gun and that's kind of how it happened really i didn't know that that's actually cool but um yeah really scott i mean i would watch it but for, i feel like if you're keeping the same tone like tony scott probably did a pretty good job so i don't know do you have so, another one yeah my other one uh i'm actually getting rid of iceman getting rid of val Kilmer. like i said I, I do think he's actually um you know pretty good at this but I wanted to replace him because I thought that Jim Carrey would have nailed this role. Um, just give me like the mask Jim Carrey with no CGI. So he's making these stupid like faces that Val Kilmer was also making, but it's fucking Jim Carrey grinning in your face. Like that would just piss off me. I mean, that would piss me off so much. I think if uh, like I actually had to work next to Jim Carrey doing all these stupid faces. So for my own sake, I, I kind of just want to see that. Here's my question. Hmm. Jim Carrey's got to get jacked, though. He's got to get shredded. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, Goose and, and Tom Cruise aren't that shredded. Well, Goose doesn't take his shirt off. But, <laughs> that makes but like, the, 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 three, the other three of them, like, they're, they're pretty built, you know? Yeah. I mean, they got six-packs, and I, I guess, you know, I'd love to see Jim Carrey put in the effort. Yeah, imagine Jim Carrey in, the, in that volleyball scene, bro. That would have been iconic. <laughs> he probably would have kept his shirt on, too, to be fair, but... So, I, I think it, it still kind of stays with the punchable face theme a little bit. So yeah. I, oh I yeah. That, I was definitely along the lines of that theme. And also, I mean, they gave Paul Rudd a six pack in Ant Man. They can give right. I mean, modern steroids are amazing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they had in the eighties. <laughs> oh, they had the good steroids, I'm sure. But <laughs> my my last other thing, and this isn't really something I want to see, but I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. John Carpenter and David Cronenberg were both offered to direct this film and they turned it down like what do you think you know what those takes might have looked like or would you want to see either of those directors take that on yeah that's interesting i didn't know that either that's- i mean cronenberg's interesting because he's obviously got a movie coming out 
or has come out, I think at this point with, you know, Kristen Stewart and Viggo Mortensen, which is like a body horror film that, where he's remaking a, a movie he, he made all by himself back in 1970. But both of those directors have lived in the horror genre a little bit. It's kind of interesting to see that they kind of just makes sense that they would offer it to those kind of directors unless they wanted to make it maybe a little bit darker which i i kind of doubt but i would i would have liked it but i don't think in the 80s it would have made sense no. and, and it, would, it wouldn't have had the same effect at all i don't think it was that serious movie but yeah i would have liked seeing john carpenter uh directed i like him a lot and uh <laughs> i mean given this type of budget i feel like he, he'd probably do some interesting stuff let's move on to the rating you're gonna look at me and you're gonna tell me that i'm wrong out of 69 uh we we said it was very middle of the road um for me it's a a three-star film and it's actually it's funny because it's kind of i'm at the point where i have a few different three-star films that are all like basically the same score uh i put it at a 46 out of 69 wow okay that's generous that's very generous um i'm actually very close to that but i went a little bit lower i went 45 out of 69 look at us yeah you know, we agree on a movie for once, which is crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like we've said, I mean, it's a fun, dumb movie, but it's definitely middle of the road for me. The acting of, of the main two is big time no-no. But, you know, it's Top Gun. It knows what it is. It's got good music, you know, fun scenes at the end. So, yeah, I mean, it's not what I really expected. I don't, I didn't really know what to expect from this movie, but I was definitely like a little bit disappointed just because of how like iconic and, and famous it is. But yeah. Not bad for like I said, I, I definitely watch it again. We have a podgorithm. Which, if you're new here, if you don't know, I draw a random movie from this blockbuster movie card game, and then Cody and I both have basically 30 seconds to give a little hot take, give our thoughts, you know, just expound upon, you know, all of our inner desires about the movie. The movie See we're that? drawing today. Oh, season three, season three. This is a fun run. Just going to double check real quick that we have not done it before, but we haven't. So we're going to talk Bridesmaids. Cody, take it away. <laughs> Bridesmaids, you know, I think classic, modern classic. Uh, Maya Rudolph, you know, best supporting actress, absolutely robbed at the Oscars. But yeah, I think this is one of my favorite uh, recent comedies. Obviously, there's been a lot of good ones, but I mean, <laughs> Kristen Wiig, this is by far her best movie as well. This cast in general, Liz McCarthy's so funny. I don't know. These SNL girls, they don't make that much good stuff, but this is the peak of it. And if, if you haven't seen it, uh, I definitely say check it out. I think it's in um, my uh, letterbox list of movies that I like recommend. Because I was looking at that the other day. I was like, yeah, hey, I threw that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's probably like at the very end of the list, but this is that good of a comedy. I think you should definitely check it out. Yeah, it is. It's it is in that. I've seen that in there. I'm like, oh wow, Cody. That's why I put her in your top five actresses of all time because I oh, thought you right. liked because you said it was one of your favorite movies ever, and I was like, okay, <laughs> well, you must like Kristen Wiig a lot. She wrote it. Um, this is a movie we actually looked at in my screenwriting class that I took two summers ago, um, because it it is a really cool. I mean, it is again. It's very similar to like Goodwill Hunting and the idea that it's like it's a basic script. It tells a very linear story. You get your boom you meet your characters oh this is why you should like her oh this is the problem oh now here's a b plot she's got her own romance yada like it's it's very this is a traditional story textbook yeah it works well you know uh it was really cool to i read we read some stuff about how Kristen wig like sat down and was like hey i'm gonna write a screenplay like what does that look and she 
you know, used resources that, you know, then you can look at yourself of like, what, what is, how, how to write a screenplay? Like, and you can do it. So it's kind of cool. Well, that was over 30 seconds. Yeah. So it was yours. <laughs> <laughs> Tough. I let you keep talking, Holmes. Thank you. Appreciate that. Recommendations. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. So we will talk. We haven't had an official discussion about Survivor. So we'll do that. But we'll oh, really? say that for last. Yeah, we haven't done an oh. on pod 42 oh, right. wrap right. up discussion. So we'll do that at the end. So stick around if you care about that. But you probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to talk about a movie. And I'm, I've been actually just waiting to talk about this. I'm, I'm, it's probably the most excited I've been about to talk about a movie in a long time. And it's, it's this film. It's called RRR, um, also Rise, Roar, Revolt. And it is this Indian film <laughs> directed by this guy named S.S. Rajamuli. And it is incredible. It, it, it is truly great. It is, I, it's on Netflix. It, it came out this year. Um, it is not a Bollywood film. It's a Tollywood film. So it's uh, in the language of Tuluga. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's actually really interesting because the version on Netflix is in Hindi. So it's dubbed. That's the one thing I didn't love about it is that it, you're not even, so it's dubbed in Hindi, but with English subtitles because the original language, because it's like the version so that they released. Mouth, it doesn't match like what they're mouthing. No. <laughs> and I didn't realize, I was like, this, I feel like this is weirdly ADR'd at some point. Yeah. So then I realized, I was like, wait, this whole thing is like, because Why basically Tuluga is a language that is spoken in the southeastern part of India in a particular state, whereas Hindi is obviously the national language. So when they put it on wide, wide release, they dubbed over it for everybody. Um, and then that's just what Netflix required. But um, this movie is over three hours long. I believe it's like three oh, wow. hours and 10 minutes. Oh, my God. I gave it four and a half stars. It's my second favorite movie of the year behind. Not even a five star. You said it was a great movie, dude. It is great. Oh, shut up, Cody. <laughs> but no, this movie is really fun. Um, so basically what it, it takes these two characters who are real life Indian revolutionaries who stood up against the British um, during the 1920s and 1930s. And it creates a fictional story about them, sets it in 1920. What if they met up and become best friends? But the thing about it is they're like superheroes. So they're... It, this movie is very much kind of like an anime brought to real life. And it's also like this epic scale of this giant, like proportions. It's the most expensive movie ever made in India. It was only shot for $72 million, but like considering the, you know, the, in India, that's like a ton of money in comparison. And like the amount of people that like, it's just one of those huge films. It took almost three years to make, including the pandemic, but it's just like this extremely large production in this crazy story and it's just in t- intense action scenes after intense action scenes. And there's also like a musical part of it a little bit in th- thrown in there. Okay. Um, there's really fun scenes with like these CGI animals doing crazy stuff. Uh, there's a dance sequence. There's a, there's a love story. There is a lot of political stuff in here and a lot of like anti-imperialist and anti-British rule stuff. There's also like 20% of this is in English because it does feature, you know, the the British were ruling in India at the time. So if you're a little wary of like, hey, you know, watching a movie in a foreign language, I understand some people don't want to do that. There is some English in here to kind of keep you interested. And there's also music and in crazy action sequences with fire and people who are basically Superman fighting each other. This movie's crazy. There's stuff in this film that like, 
I feel like I, you know, like you watch movies and yes, you see cool stuff, but it never feels like you're seeing something new. Mm -hmm. This is like that moment when it's like, you see something, you're like, I've not seen anything like this before. And it, it's crazy. Um, oh, damn. It's not perfect. There are parts of it. I, I wrote in my letterbox review that like the worst parts of this feel like some of the best parts of a Zack Snyder movie. Like there's like some slow motion, like really well shot action sequence stuff that I think is incredible. And like, that's the, the low moments in this. So I don't know. It, it's a lot of fun. I recommend it. I know a lot, of, not a lot of people have seen it. So if you, I mean, it's on Netflix, go check it out. Yep. And if three hours is too long, split it up into a, a like, you know, watch an hour, come back. It, like it's a big story, but you know, you can split it up. You can make it work. And I was enthralled with it. I watched it in one night. So I, if for <laughs> me, honestly, if I watch a three hour foreign language film all in one sitting, that'll tell you that I really did enjoy it. Cause I I'm pretty easily distracted by my phone or whatever. And, you know, so check it out. Highly recommend. And also the, the opening title doesn't show up until 40 minutes into the movie. And that's obvious. That's a side cool. of a banger right there. That's cool. I like that. But, um, yeah, oh my, a glowing review there. I, I might have to check that one out. What's it called? RRR? Yeah, just RRR on Netflix. Um, okay. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And there's just some insane action sequences in this. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's like a, there's a man who just like fights an entire mob of people by himself. It's crazy. <laughs> and that's in the first like 20 minutes. Nice. All right. Good stuff. Good rec. Um, I don't know if I can follow that. We might have to end the episode. But uh, yeah, my Rex this week, I got nothing really. I mean, honest. <laughs> I haven't seen Obi Wan. I haven't seen. Let's talk. Marvel. Let's talk Stranger Things, Cody. We've both seen it, Volume One. Oh, oh yeah, you watched the entire thing now, right? Yeah, let's let's have a discussion. So, uh, what do you think about the last episode? I don't know. Do you think Steve? Oh, I mean, everyone seems to think Steve's gonna die, but I I don't think Steve's gonna die. I think Steve's gonna die. Sorry, dude. spoilers ahead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. whatever. But whatever. It's Stranger Things. But um, dude, they they're setting up his character like with Nancy again. So I mean, somebody's got to go, and Jonathan's not in this season at all. So I I think he's gone though. And somebody's got somebody like important like needs to die this season. what about the nancy robin you're not in on that the shippers you know like i mean i'm down with that too but um i don't think robin's dying she's too new a character i think nancy could go as well but i'd be surprised uh i think one of those two will die you know i know you're you're a hater of the the season two stuff with yeah. like the backstory and all that yeah. and a lot of people are not a fan it do you feel validated that this has basically ignored all of that and I mean, a little bit. I mean, I, I really like the, I mean, it seems like this was set up since the beginning. Very yeah, you know, I, I was actually listening to our 2021 uh, reviewed pod podcast a couple of days ago. Great pod. Uh, mm -hmm. Go check it out. And I said in it, I made this comment where I was like, I don't think the Duffer brothers had anything planned out. Yeah. Uh, they had no idea what they're doing. And, and I will admit that I was wrong there. I think they did actually have a story. <laughs> I agree and with and you I then. think it's, I think it's a great, I, I think they're in a good spot. Um, I'm, it was, I did see that season five is going to be a time jump, which they have to do because yes. these oh my goodness. people look old as shit. But. Yeah, they have to do a time jump. That, I was fine with that. But, um, and yeah, that, make, that makes even more sense. Like with a big death, they're going to do a time jump and that'll just be super easy. But um, what did you think I, of the twist? I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, the writing. The writing's pretty good, I think, in this. And I was gonna, what I was going to say is like in, in earlier seasons, like, there would be like a, a bell ringing 
like when something was getting like the clock. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's badass. That's very cool. And uh, big fan of that. But yeah, the writing. I didn't see it coming. I thought it was a good Hey, twist. that goes back to what we were talking about in the, at the beginning. They had the, the sound motif throughout. Anytime the upside I down do. would appear <laughs> in Stranger Things, you yeah, would yeah. get the sound of this grandfather clock, which then we we realized beyond, belonged to the, the Creole family. And there's obviously the all that significance there. Well, so. there's more to it, I think. Uh, yeah. The clock is how you defeat him or some shit. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, I didn't souls not... in there or something. Yeah, yeah it's something Stephen. But I didn't see it. It's basically coming. the MacGuffin now, right? <laughs> I mean, but i mean i think this is actually pretty damn good writing for stranger things and and that surprised me yeah i think the the splitting of the like the the finn and will stuff and and like you said the the jonathan and yeah, the and jonathan storylines pretty much like, dead this season. yeah yeah i i feel bad about I that like i thought it. the the hopper bad. stuff was my favorite part of it all the, yeah. the which i did not expect i thought i was not gonna like it Same. um the game of thrones guy dude yeah the i mean man because a badass. um yeah no it, i i thought that stuff was really compelling and i was so glad that the season they got to see each other before the the, the volumes end i yeah i was gonna be really mad if like we everyone was not reunited which it makes sense it's, this is a natural you know kind of stopping point so I'm I'm fine with them uh, splitting it up, I guess. Yeah, that, I mean, it was a good point. The eleven stuff again is, I don't. It's cool to see her backstory, but it's like this is the third season or the second season where she just gets like sidelined away from everybody else, and that kind of yeah. always sucks. That is true. I like Matthew Modine, but I I feel like there wasn't really a need to bring him back. If I'm being honest, yeah. But no. yeah, I feel like they just didn't really have anything for her to do other than, oh shit, fucking her dad's back, and you know your powers i guess but yeah i'm pretty excited for the last few episodes steve is gone though i i am basically <laughs> if he's not gone i'm i'm very surprised uh i like joe Curie a lot i think he's fun i do too i think he's the best part of the show but um yeah my other rex like i said haven't seen obi-wan i think there's four episodes out now so i'm definitely gonna watch that i just haven't had time sadly and i believe the first episode of miss marvel came out today as well did it not Corbin? yeah it did I, I haven't had a chance to check it out but um, not it's out so check that out um people are being racist and, and horrible again of course people are being islamophobic so unsurprisingly yeah to be I mean, expected just fucking stupid but whatever and then uh yeah still haven't finished moon Knight, so i should probably get that i guess first but um uh the other thing i want to talk about that i saw today the Black Adam trailer came out. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I did watch that. Interesting. Is he a bad guy? It seems a bit of a that villain. My, that was my main takeaway. It looks like Black Adam the hero. So I'm kind of confused, but I'm sure he'll just be like obviously he kills. I mean, the, he punches a jet. Speaking of Top Gun, he does but I mean, uh, whatever. I think he teams up with basically the Justice League of the the 1800s or some shit. But uh, the cast is great. I'm excited to see. Yeah, what's up with the setting? The setting is very strange. I'm I'm not really sure what's going on with that. It's like golden age comic stuff. So it's going to be set in like the 1920s or something. But it's like really high. I mean, it's high technology though. I don't know. It's like Wakanda almost, but. It's it's not really high technology. It's just like Hawkman's armor. And then you got the the jets. The jets are not 20s jets. Yeah, that's true. It's like, it's it's a weird setting. I'm not really sure. It is, I guess, modern, but the characters don't really fit that. I don't know. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. I think that's great casting. I'm excited for that. 
Uh, and Hawkman also looks cool. So I'll definitely see it. But and there's I mean, the, the big guy, so Noah Centineo, whatever. Yeah, that's some uh, Netflix movie guy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. To all the girls I loved. There you go. Not, not uh, sure about that guy, but. It, yeah, he's barely in the trailer. I, don't, I feel like they probably won't play, other than Dr. Fate, I don't know how much of a role they'll all play. We'll see. Um, for me, I watched Paddington for the first time. Really? It's I've pretty seen cute. that cute bear i don't know um people right. hail the second Dude. one like yeah, it, it was good uh people say the second one is like way better and obviously the greatest movie of all time so i'll check it out eventually i watched the myrit stories from noah bomback that's also on netflix really underrated adam sandler performance uh noah bomback is a good writer i mean it's what why are you shaking your head <laughs> What, what movie was that? I don't think I've ever the heard of The Meyerowitz Stories, New and Selected. So it's Noah yeah, Bumbach. I've never heard of that. So you know who Noah Bumbach is, right? I do know he who Noah Bumbach is. Marriage Story. Um, yeah. This movie has, it stars <clears throat> Adam Sandler as kind of the, the main character. Um, but then his dad is played by Dustin Hoffman. And then his half-brother is played by Ben Stiller. Um, oh, wow. And then Emma Thompson plays his sister. So it's a pretty what the all-star cast uh, Sigourney Weaver plays herself for about 60 seconds and Adam Driver is in it for about two minutes where he plays this prick <laughs> rock star which is Adam you know it's Adam Driver sounds awesome no yeah this movie is actually really good Bombback knows how to write dialogue um it's really snappy dialogue there's a lot of like high artsy stuff like the the dad is a sculptor and it's a very like art movie it's themes uh the daughter is is this film student at uh bard and she makes these insane like weird student films which are probably one of my favorite parts of the movie um but yeah it's on netflix check it out um i'm giving you all the netflix recs this week yeah, I was gonna I say, those are actually two things i might actually check out so not bad recs for me so um watch some other stuff idiocracy anchorman focus those are all fine um idiocracy cool satire my rudolph again um anchorman i was actually a little disappointed in to be entirely honest with you i'd never seen it before oh really you've never seen anchorman yeah wow. it's okay. cool to see mckay and farrell kind of get their like movie start but in comparison it, i think it's it's pretty mid and it, yeah, with what, a lot of the other right stuff they do yeah um and then focus you know it's margot robbie being a star and will smith kind of being not as big of a star but also a star and you know it's what the movie is <laughs> good description it's kind of, it's kind of what it is right yeah <laughs> well any other rex cody or should we talk survivor i say we hop into survivor here i've been droning on forever and i'm sure all the listeners are just <laughs> you're still listening at this point <laughs> <laughs> i'll let hayden i'm gonna let hayden know that we did a survivor discussion and he'll, just, he'll probably be just, uh go to the end hayden. yeah it's okay um we had the finale obviously marianne was crowned our winner i think mm-hmm. rightfully so but um yeah you know the finale i, I thought was pretty good it, it kept me on my toes i really thought that mike was gonna lose the the fire making challenge and we just have a slaughter for tribal council which would have been fun evidently no he's a fucking fireman you think he doesn't know how to make a fire cody true but you know that that guy's like the strongest competitor of all time but yeah props to mike he played a hell of a game props to romeo as well love him winning final immunity i thought that was that was very funny ending to that storyline but uh yeah you know the season as a whole evidently it's shrouded in um 
controversy. Controversy a little bit because of the whole Ponderosa thing. And I guess Drea went crazy and was talking crap about Omer, which is pretty funny. But I think in general, it's definitely a slow start to the season. Um, you know, it, it is the new format of, of Survivor. It's not the same show really at all. So I hope, you know, they do differ away from that a little bit. I don't mind the the no food less days thing, but like the safety's power. I don't really like that. And um, well, no, that's not even what it's called. The, the triple fire box thing, whatever the fuck that is. I like the final seven. So stupid. Also just get fire making out. So stupid as well. But I mean, I personally, I, and I'll say this as a person who has gone back and, and watched some older seasons and recently, I think fire making at four is a lot more interesting than no. Get the fuck out. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> I think it I think it's it it's adds a different element elements of the no. game. I don't know. I think in looking at the other seasons, like I don't like it. <laughs> you know what? You've only seen the good seasons so far. <laughs> That's fair. I recommended the shitty seasons to yet. You'll see firemaking is terrible. The first season they do firemaking ruins it all together. But um yeah, that, that's a funny perspective for me, honestly, because when you see the bad seasons, you're like, yeah, this is You want bad. an official update on Seasons Watched? I do. I want to see uh, hear which ones you've gone through. So we've seen – I did one. We've done Classic. seven. I am uh, – I have two episodes left in 13. Look, I own, yeah. Good 25. What's that? Uh, that was the one Denise won. Yeah, okay. Philippines. Good season. 27. Kage, or 28 sorry kagayan fucking what do you think about kagayan yeah i uh it's really good i thought it was my favorite but actually i gotta say 37 is is probably been my favorite uh which is um nick wins oh and, david versus goliath yeah that's yeah crazy. david versus goliath that's the one yeah that one for, in terms of like yeah tribal council gameplay the best that i've seen up to this point with just like idols being used properly advantages used it's just really incredible stuff that you don't get a lot. So yeah, um, no. 13's an interesting one. Uh, obviously controversially. Yes, yeah, very controversial. Separated by race at the beginning. It only yeah. lasts like an episode and a half, but uh, interesting way to start the season. Um, like I said, two episodes left. Curious to see kind of how things play out as it finishes up. But, you know, I I definitely do like it's tough because I know there was some bad seasons. I know people say like the early twenties are rough and, but I definitely probably prefer the, like the seasons that I've seen in like the twenties and thirties. I do prefer to like the, the zero to 20 seasons, the more modern survivor where people are actually strategizing idols actually have a real play. Cause even in 13, there is a hidden immunity idol, but it's like the third time they've done it and it's also like one of the super idols that he can play after the vote and i'm guessing he's not even gonna have to use it and he does kind of utilize it in an interesting way Uh, but i'm uh i like the later seasons with the more idols and the the people that are fans of the show right that's kind of what it is oh yeah people are so Uh, like in this season in season 13 like jonathan just got voted out he's the last person voted out and obviously he comes back in later seasons i watched him in 28 yeah. <laughs> um but like he yeah he does flip-flop on him but like they say he, like they say awful things about this guy who's just like playing the game that like it is crazy like how ostracized and this is actually the first season that i've seen where like the jury is really like i'm curious to see how their anger and their emotions 
play in the end. It might not end up having an effect, but it seems like there's some people that are like particularly like really pissing people on the jury off. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out in the end. It's awesome. I'm loving the survivor breakdown here. I'm like, uh, <laughs> but I definitely agree. The modern seasons are, are much, much better. And uh, you know, it's kind of a thing with season 42 where, you know, people get petty on the jury sometimes, but that's yeah. true. And, and you know, game. that the interesting thing, and I think this is a problem. So the people on the jury only get the only, their only information is what they hear at tribal council. And then what people who are voted out tell them. Yeah. So there, there is a little bit of the potential for some people to be, you know, poisoned or, or lied to. And allegedly that is what happened. You know, Dre was voted out of the game and then apparently started, uh, poisoning the jury against omar which it, it didn't matter in hindsight but uh you know it's kind of unfair that that's something that can happen and i, I don't know way to uh, the way to combat that i think i saw on reddit somebody suggests like oh they should just have access to all the footage but like that's just a insane undertaking and yeah, really also like they can't like edit something up for them really quickly <laughs> so like i don't know if there's a great solution maybe an independent summarizer i, I, I don't know <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, there's really no good solution there. Um, it's a part release, of the game, though. Release the, the same footage, Ponderosa. Release the damn footage. That's all I'm saying. Ale- they is- say that it is not be- it's because of COVID. They just didn't shoot it. Bullshit. It's Survivor, bro. Um, I don't buy it because they did it for season 41. So it doesn't even make sense. But um, what I was going to say, David versus Goliath. Hell of a fucking season. Um, my next recommendation to you, I have two actually, is Millennials versus Gen X. Another great, uh, I've, I've, that was on the, the radar. That's got to be next. And then I think after that, you go fans versus favorite one, just because it, it ties into um, Cook Islands pretty well, too. So, yeah. So I was, I'm, and that's, that's like, a, I think a highly considered like a top three season. Yeah, that's not yeah. one of my favorite seasons, but that's like a top three season, like worldwide, I'd say. I've been trying to like find that balance of like, I don't want to, you know, watch season 40 because then, any any season I watch for that, I know who the winner is, right? Don't watch 40 um, yet. Don't watch it yet. But it's like I also do want to get to some of those seasons, like fans versus favorites. But I, I will say I um I knew the winner of season one. I, yeah. I knew it was Richard Hatch. And it it did kind of ruin it for me. So yeah. it, it it's a th- and it's like I knew Jonathan was getting voted out, and I kind of knew about when he was gonna get voted out. So it's like this whole time I'm like, oh well, this is probably the episode, and it's like it, it kind of makes it worse. Um, so I am trying the best I can to not spoil, but I also am not going to watch season one to 40 in order. So it's like yeah. stuff's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I, I think I have been eyeing. I want to watch, I think it's season three, whatever one Rob is on for the first time. Cause I, I kind of, he's a huge character. I feel like he, I know you said it's a bad season. Don't but. watch that one. Don't watch Mark cases, dude. He's, it's bad. It's bad. Do you would not like that season though? I don't know. I mean, the there's is, there's eight all stars. Yeah, I know I he loses, well, so it doesn't matter. I wouldn't even really watch all stars either, but I would watch it for the memes because it's really funny. But it, it's not like a good season or survivor, but it's important for the Boston Rob lore for sure. Right. Yeah. Marquesas um, is not Marquesas is not important to his lore at all. All stars <laughs> is very important. That's okay. why. I say that. Fair so enough. If you're gonna pick well, well yeah, because that's where he meets. That's where he meets his woman. I know. Well, and the thing in the his first season, he's not. You know, he's not really that boss and Rob that he's right. Really- yeah, because yeah. he gets a persona. At- yeah, um, I will say, I think two is gonna have to come up soon just because 
I feel like that's, I don't know. It's a ton of, like a ton of people get sick. I don't know. It's like, it's a really weird season in comparison to the others. And I'm kind of interested in seeing it. Uh, I know a ton of people like drop out. A ton of people get sick. They, there's all the the lion stuff. Yeah, exactly. Fall into the fucking fire. Like I know they drank. It's also interesting. The water situation is so interesting in the early seasons. Now they just get like a well with clean water and purified. Like even in 13, they still had to boil the water. And and I know in like Africa, they're getting water from like the ground and it's not the best situation. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm almost done with this one. I, I do need to probably take a break again for a couple of days and then come back to it. it no, I, I went through 37. I think 37 is the fastest I've watched this season. That was like a straight through banger. And I, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Christian's great. Gabby's great, which again, I love Christian. You and you and Jackson talked about it. You talked about that situation did. and it was in so my ear and then I knew it was going to happen. Oh, that is tough. That, but, uh, <laughs> that is tough, but that, that is so true. That's a choice. I've read so much stuff though, that that's not what happened. And that right. He, no, I've read it too, but yeah, that's yeah. definitely what it is. I think. Well, he says he talked about his girlfriend all the time on the Island well, and they just didn't include it in the edit. Of course he did. Of course he did. I don't know. Apparently they're still friends and he's still, no, I think, they, are, they are definitely still friends. Yeah. I hope they get on a returning season together. Cause they definitely work together again. Oh yeah. And, and he's, he's great. He's awesome. Oh, <laughs> I great. love it. And you know, I was really surprised that Mike white got second place that I did yeah. not expect him to make it that far. I was like, this oh, dude's so well. that's, he did really well. Um, didn't win basically, obviously, but basically like all of the people at the end of the jury, cause it was a big jury and like the last yeah, four 10 voted out all voted for Mike. So it was kind of like, it was, if it was a smaller jury, Mike probably would have won, which yeah. is interesting. All right, that's our survivor talk. <laughs> Shout out Hayden for listening to this. Nobody else would. We'll, we'll have some other check-ins as you know when whenever we get Survivor 43, we'll talk about it and then I'll check in as I watch seasons as well. So hell <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Peace. Good episode. Stay captain. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.